Hello and welcome to the Parish Podcast of St. Anthony of Padua Catholic Church in the Woodlands, Texas. We're excited to share with you Sunday at St. Anthony's, a homily message from this past weekend that we hope you'll find enlightening. Thanks for tuning in and praying with us. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one can take them out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. And this is the Gospel of the Lord. First, a message from our pastor. Father Jesse says, when he first arrived at St. Anthony of Padua, many asked him how they could use their time, their talents, how they could be more involved. And so in the process, he has created a development council so as to be able to create a deeper sense of community, of family, and as well, trying to look for the practical ways that we can have a sustainable future as a parish. Um, so he invites anyone who might have a financial or estate planning uh, uh, bent or is a Padawan ambassador or is involved in hospitality ministry, public relations, sales, vested in the school or Catholic education in general, if you're interested in the spiritual stewardship or even memorializing a loved one, then come to an informal meeting on May 19th from 7 to 9 p.m. in the Padawan Center. Again, May 19th, seven, from 7 to 9 p.m. The refreshments will start at 6.30. And a consultant, Richard Garrigan of Catholic Organizations of Development Executives, which is in Omaha, Nebraska, will lead us into the what the Development Council is supposed to be and how it will be structured at St. Anthony of Padua. With that, now a message from all of your clergy. Um, as you know, don't see it. I don't think it was going to happen in our area, but we know that there were some who planned this weekend to protest Catholicism. Um, there's a few of us priests who watch Twitter pretty closely to see what else might be planned. The next thing that was planned this morning was to steal the Eucharist so they could burn him. So this morning, I want you to know, this is why we've been talking about communion. We are in no rush during the communion procession. We will go slow. Receive the Lord like multiple times, the church says, from 1969 to 1973 to 2003 to 2004, in the current germ from 2010, the communicant must receive the Eucharist immediately in front of the minister. Meaning, if you receive in the hand rather than on the tongue, the universal way within the whole of the world, if you receive in the hand, you receive immediately in front of the priest or the minister. And also, don't forget to check your hands. I've been finding a lot this week that there'll be a little fragment, and anything that's a little fragment that looks like a crumb is Jesus. And we don't want to be the ones who mistreat him. So again, today, even more so, to care for our Lord because of what we believe, of what the Eucharist is, that it's a person. Let's go a little bit slower today. Don't step to the side. Receive right there. And just so that our Lord can be cared for and loved well by you who love him already. With that being said, speaking of love, let's love our moms today and let's pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. 
Lord God, you said through Cardinal Joseph Mansetti that a mother is one of the most important people in the world. She cannot claim to have built Notre Dame, for she has not, but she builds something more magnificent than a cathedral, the dwelling place of an immortal soul, something that even the angels cannot do. God, we ask your blessing upon all of our mothers today, those who are here, those who can't be with us. We get, bless all those moms too, whose children are here and whose children are not able to be with us for whatever the reason. God, may your healing love, may your consoling heart, your compassionate heart be with our mothers. Pour forth every grace and heavenly blessing upon them so that they may be filled with your life and your love. We ask this all through your most holy name, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is Good Shepherd Sunday. It's a message of consolation that Christ has come, that the shepherd is here, that he leads his flock, that he will protect it. And yet at the same time, it's a challenge, because we need to, any encounter with Christ is always an implicit challenge to each of us, to ask, am I truly a sheep of his flock? Jesus says that uh, his sheep will know him, will know his voice, will follow after him. And so we might ask, like, is this us? Do we really know Christ? Do we really know his voice? Do we follow after him in every single way? To help us see, let us shift gears. May is the month of Mary, the mother of God, the one that God gave to us. And so the church calls us to crown her. Maybe it will be a crowning that happened. We did it this last week with the school kids. We're looking at planning a May crowning at the end of the month. Um, but the encouragement from the church is to crown her in your home. Maybe you don't, if you don't have a Marian statue, get one. Like you would have a picture of your mother in your home, have a picture of our heavenly mother there or a statue of her and crown her. Crown her the queen of your life, of your home, of your hearts. Why? Because to enthrone Mary in our homes is to enthrone the one that, if we could even call her a sheep, she was the perfect one. She is the perfect one. She followed after the Christ, the Good Shepherd, so perfectly that he gave her to us as a model and he gave her to us as a mother at the cross and said, listen to her. So let's listen. In May, again, we celebrate, it is a month of Mary. In particular, in May, we have one big celebration that the church greatly reverences, Our Lady of Fatima. On May 13th, 1917, Our Lady appeared to three small children, Jacinta, Francisco, and Lucia. She continued the message that Christ began before um, at, to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque about how he desired his sacred heart to triumph in the world. Well, then he sent his mom and said, like, with a message of, if the Sacred Heart is going to triumph, it's going to be through a greater devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, to enthroning her as Queen of our hearts. And so, what did he send her with a message of? So that we may listen to him, let us listen to her. The initial message, as was with, from Jesus when he established the first Friday devotion, was repentance and reparation. We need to repent. We need to love him so much we hate our sins or we'll do everything we can to get rid of them. And then, we who have been made priests in the waters of baptism, little kingdom priests, we are called to do reparation, which means we do sacrifice for others. Why, she said, because many people, not just non-Christians, Christians, 
we're going to hell. Now, if you think I'm talking too much about hell, just don't forget that, like, the third time Mary showed up to to Francisco and Lucia, a seven, a nine, and a ten-year-old, she showed them a vision of hell. So they understood how many people were going there and how serious it was that we Christians, we do reparation. We repent for our own sins and then start offering sacrifice. This is the message. Repentance, reparation, and then devotion. Devotion to her immaculate heart. Devotion to his sacred heart. This is what the first Fridays and the first Saturdays devotions are about. Surrender to the hearts of Jesus and Mary so that the glory of God may be in this world. And Jesus particularly wants us to love his mom because he loves his mom. So too, he's found it fitting to shame the devil in such a way. Where sin came into the world by tricking a woman like who decided to not do what God wanted, to say, no, I'll have it my own way, through a little girl, a 15-year-old girl, who said, yes, and I will follow the Lord. Whatever he says, be it done unto me according to thy word, shames the devil. And she followed after him. And so God wants to use her to, as was anticipated in the book of Genesis, to crush the head of the ancient serpent and to bring forth the kingdom of God. This is our part too. This is what God wants to bring us into. And so he calls us to listen to our mother, to do, to repent personally, to do reparation, and again, to have a great devotion to her and listen to her because she will always bring us closer to Jesus. Again, this is what we're called to do. This is what's being even spoken of implicitly within our second reading. Though we might not be um, in the great tribulation now that's being revealed to us in the book of Revelation. Um, though, and by the way, recognize that a lot of people get scared when we start talking about the, the tr- great tribulation, all that's here. It's meant, and the church sticks it here in this part of Easter, because it's supposed to be a consolation to us. It's supposed to be a consolation to us, to we who have washed ourselves, who after we've been washed in the blood of the Lamb when he chose us, now we choose him. And we who continue to wash ourselves in the blood of the Lamb, not just martyrdom, but all the sacrifices here, being washed in the blood of the Lamb, as we receive him in the Most Holy Eucharist, through the sacrifices that we do day in and day out, joining our little sacrifice with his sacrifice and are washed in the blood of the Lamb, even if it means persecution, which it will, because if we follow after the Good Shepherd and he goes to the cross, it will always mean the cross for us. There will be an end. And there will be a great rejoicing. And tears will be wiped away. And we will have the greatest peace and the greatest joy if we will follow after the Good Shepherd unreservedly and in every way. Right now, as we look at our life, we might not be in the great tribulation, but we are in a turbulent and distressful and a time, time and time of tribulation. Look at even our last hundred years. We have seen horrible wars. We've seen mistreatment and abuse of so many peoples and groups and the destruction of the family. And one of those most greatest oppressed groups, which is in our news now, is the unborn. 62 million plus babies have been aborted since 1973 in the United States alone. That's 600,000 a day, one every 96 seconds. And that's just surgical. When pharmacists try to estimate how many babies have been aborted due to the pill or the morning after pill, it's about 14 million a year. 
a sin that cries out to heaven and which much repentance and reparation is needed. As now we are on the precipice of shutting down an evil, evil bill. Now we are called as Christians to finally come, become what we were always meant to be. To be the sheep of his flock, to hear Jesus Christ, to know him well, to follow after him, again, even to the cross. And make no mistake, brothers and sisters, it will come. If it doesn't come today, it will come sometime. Because the forces we're working against are demonic. And we are for Christ. Look at the sins that the, the world like espouses. They mock God. They mock his designs. If we want to look at just two, the evil of abortion and contraception. And let's start with contraception because it's the one that opened the door to abortion. It is a demonic evil just spun a little bit differently like it was in the garden to tell a husband and a wife, uh, you can choose what's good and evil. You can receive the fruit without offering the sacrifice, without doing the things the way God wants. Contraception is a, is a lie from the devil to an encouragement, a temptation to be selfish rather than to give selflessly. It is, again, a way, it is turning against the natural designs of God to turn against fatherhood and motherhood for fear, whatever it might be, to try to receive pleasures without the vulnerability of total sacrifice. The reality is, brothers and sisters, we don't decide what's right and wrong. God reveals it to us in our nature, in reality, in how he develops things, how he made things. And so, too, he even directly reveals it sometimes through sacred scripture, through the church. He does so because he's a good shepherd, because he loves us, because he wants to protect us from the snares of the devil that will destroy us and take from us the life that he desires. And so this is the reason, my brothers and sisters, especially you Catholics, even if you're not Catholic, if you are using contraception, the reminder is from the church, it is a grave and mortal evil that rids you of sanctifying grace. It tells God, get out of my life. I will decide things my own way. And so you're not fit for the Eucharist. And you must do as Mary and Jesus have said. Repent, believe in the gospel so that he may give you life. And I know that's scary for some. And by the way, tubal ligations and vasectomies, they are contraceptive acts as well. If you don't know what to do because you're like, oh, Father, this is something we did or we've always done it this way, we'll help you. I love you. If you don't know this yet, I love you and I'll do anything for you. And we will help you in any way, shape, or form to live the life that Christ has for you so that you may have, again, his life and your, his life eternally. Speaking, again, of life and death, Again, we can see even further the greater evil that comes from this contraceptive mentality is abortion. It is demonic. It deforms the beauty of motherhood. It turns a mother against her child. It denies that a human being is being co-created with God from the moment of conception. And this is a really important thing for us because we're about to say it in the creed that the moment Mary said yes, the Son of God became incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. He became a zygote. He was in her. It was his body in her. And he had rights. If you still are having a hard time like seeing how like, maybe that abortion is demonic or again that we have to fight against this evil as our bishops have told us more than any other issue in this world we must end abortion. All the other evils are secondary to this. 
We just have to look at the, the banner that they choose for contraception and abortion. My body, my choice. This is my body. Brothers and sisters, that is a demonic inversion and a mocking of Christ's words when he says, this is my body and my blood given for you. It is the demonic taking the words of Christ and flipping them and making them selfish and against God. Brothers and sisters, contraception and abortion are anti-Christian and they are demonic. And we who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, it is time for us again to recognize these things, to become who we're called to be, the soldiers of Christ and the sheep of the shepherd's flock who will follow after him again in the cross, who will preach as priests, prophets, and kings the truth out in the world that will bring his mercy to the world, that will try to govern it rightly, but as well as our mother now has told us to offer reparation for those who just don't get it who are caught up in the lies, who are hurting, so that they may be saved. This is our duty, and this is what we're called to do as we hear our shepherd today, as we strive to know him, as we strive to know his voice and to follow after him. On this Mother's Day as well, because he has sent her so many times, let us be sure to listen to our Heavenly Mother, to subject ourselves entirely to the one Christ subjected himself to, and as well, subject ourselves to Holy Mother Church, who shows us, who reveals to us, who gives to us the words of Christ so that we may know them in sacred scripture and sacred tradition, so that we may encounter him, so that we may personally repent, so that we may, in being transformed, offer greater reparation for sinners, so that the kingdom of the devil may be destroyed and the kingdom of God may rise up on earth. Let us listen this day to our mother, our mother who glorifies Christ most of all, the one whose very existence, again, puts the devil to shame, the one whose soul magnifies the Lord so much that as we grow closer to her, which is why Christ sent her, as we grow closer to her, we grow closer to Christ, and thus we may know him, know his voice, and follow after him more perfectly. In this month of May, and in the days, the weeks, the months, the years ahead, let us be sure to honor such a mother. Let us be sure to develop our relationship with her more deeply so that we can follow the shepherd more perfectly, so that we may know his voice and follow after, so that he, through the rosaries that we pray, through the sacrifices we offer, he may win victories. And through the glorification of her immaculate heart, the sacred heart of Christ may triumph in this world. Let us listen to our mother so that we may be better able to listen to our good shepherd. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us.